Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Question for the Prime Minister. Oh, that's a promotion. Now, in all your years of hosting Ghost of Boyfriends Past, it mm-hmm. has been a good four and a half years by now, yes. I think. Uh, Liz, what have you taken? What Have you had one lesson or one idea that you've taken away from this show and noticed in your own life, like you've applied it to your own world and you're like, oh, I picked this up from... From the show. Yeah, my communication has yes. improved tenfold. Like, And I think that we can realise that from the last episode that I did mm. um, on here where I was talking about a recent uh, date slash hookup that I had yes. where my communication was so – I mean, it still only got a B plus from producer Zane until <laughs> I argued myself up to an A minus. But clearly communicating what I want out of a situation and asking questions to make sure that the other person is on the same page as me Mm, is something that I've definitely learned. The other thing is that um, my friends I've learned listen to the podcast and will quite frequently parrot my own fucking advice back at me when I don't want to hear it. (laughs) No, that's quite flattering. Look, I'm just like, how very dare you. Also, I'm flattered and also how very dare you. Um, What about you, Tom? I I like the... the the, your ge- my general communication skills, yeah. not just in my relationship with my partner, not just one relationship, but talk, I communicate better with my parents now than I did four, four years ago. Friendships all across. Setting boundaries across yes. relationships yes. And, and, you know, realising that getting hostile because somebody's not doing the thing that you want is only because you haven't told them yes, that's right. that that's you a- like and want the thing in the first place. Of course, if you have told them and they still don't, then that's their problem. Yes, absolutely. But realising that people aren't mind readers is another big thing that I've taken away yes, from this. Is that huge. You know, you communicate somebody the way that you would like to be loved and then you've got a much better chance of being loved in that way. And even uh, another, just like taking action, I think... Like rather than an issue, like stewing or worrying yes, about an issue for like months, is such a waste of time. And you're like, oh, but what? And yeah, but if you no, just address it sooner rather Rip than later. Rip off that band aid. Yeah, it, it is. A, it is a kind of ripping off the band aid idea. But you save yourself to so much time and yes. stress and yes. worry in the long ter- in the long term. So yes, there will, there will be a conversation that you have to have, and it's uncomfortable or unpleasant yeah. or whatever. And you're gonna cry, but you had, but it's get to it now rather than later. Yeah, I like rather than sitting there feeling like you're gonna spew for two weeks, like yes. just do it, spew for a minute, and then move on. There we go. So a couple of <laughs> a couple of uh, lessons actually learned from our hosts of Ghost of Boyfriends. What have Past. you learned over the years, dear readers? Please write in and let us know. Ghost mm. of Boyfriends Past at gmail.com or any of our socials. We'd love to know if there's any if there's a specific bit of advice or something more general that you've learned over the last four and a half yes. years of listening to. Us. A broader application. Well, now, hello, today, one and hello all. 
I'm Liz Best. Well, I'm Liz Best every day, but I'm here with Tom Harris, <laughs> yep, and today still. we have a guest. And our guest is Brisbane musician Shane Fell. Hello, Shane. Yeah, down. Hello, Liz. Hello, Tom. Thank you very much. Thank very you welcome. for coming in to share your story. Uh, first of all, tell the readers, and we call our listeners readers. Uh, Tom started it. It just it's been <laughs> happening for four years now. We just let it happen. Um, tell our readers a little bit about you. So, as you said, yes, I'm a Brisbane musician. I've been playing around. Brisbane venues, southeast Queensland venues for about no, almost ten years now. I'd say. Yes. Um, currently, I'm in a horror blues quintet called <laughs> Shakespeare and the Skeleton Gang. That's Shakespeare, two words. Nice. Um, Shakespeare is a fictional stage persona who I made up, who's a, an ephemeral vagabond, which is a polite way of saying he's a time traveling hobo. Yes. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> okay, cool. cool. I think that's the coolest way of saying time traveling hobo that I've ever heard in what my life. What do you life. play, man? Are you, a, are you mainly guitar? I play a lot of different things, but guitar and harmonica are my two uh, mates. Guitar. Everyone and plays guitar. Every <laughs> everyone wants to pick up the guitar and play, play be the be the front man. But uh, do you? Are you? Uh, if a man or or a partner, a prospective partner, plays guitar, is that a Dude, I dated a bass player, so... Yes. Still- Rightfully so. No, oh, enough. Love I'm to the bassists out in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So Shane has come in to tell us about collaborating with partners or exes in musical ventures or just in general? Yes. Well, I feel that musical ventures are my area of expertise, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like this could very well apply to many creative... Uh, outlets, whether it's comedy or theatre yeah, or yeah. Um, even creative writing, such. And I reckon you so. can connect this discussion to a broader one of dating in a, in a workplace, like in a more structured workplace. Oh, Is it's that interesting a good that idea? you Is should that mention good... dating in the workplace, Thomas, because I've just been filming a TV show where I talked about dating in the workplace. Oh, get out of here, little <laughs> Elizabeth. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so look, this is going to air next week, but in July, and I'll let you ghosties know a little bit more about it when it comes up. Um, last month, I flew to Sydney to be on an episode of SBS's yes. Insight talking, 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 talking. gladly Very I could speak talking. back then talking about love at work and a story that I have never actually told on the podcast ooh, ooh, uh, so ooh, stay uh. tuned everybody but yeah so yes. so data so but collaborating yeah. with somebody who you've dated or mm. are dating and then are no longer dating that's that's an interesting topic and I am looking forward to hearing about your experiences mm. So where are we starting these stories? So a lot the main body of this story will be uh, the course of my m- most recent relationship mm-hmm. which was a uh, four year long relationship with uh, a Oh, we got to we got to tell you the rules. Oh, that's I've right. just realized. This is a show. It has we like have rules. people are listening to this. Oh my god, I'm so sorry everyone. <laughs> the lawyer just came and smacked <laughs> me on the back of the head. Um, oh, so dear. briefly, we've mentioned the rules already to you off air, but yes, on yes, air yes. Um, pseudonyms for anybody that you're talking about who you don't have permission to name. Um, we armchair detectives at home who figure out who Shane's talking about. Like, don't be a dick. Yeah, we're this, not here to dox and about, release information, email addresses, phone numbers. That's not what we're about. We're about talking about our experiences and learning from them. And our other rule... Um, no threats on microphone, I always forget please. that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you love blocking out the no threats rule, forgetting that exists. But yes, Shane, if you can please help it, no threats on microphone. Okay. Naturally. So Thank you. for your relationship with... Are we going with a fake name? What name are we going with? Uh, yes, her name was Sally. Sally. Okay. So four years with Sally. Yeah, so it started, well, 
rather appropriately, it, we met uh, because of music, through music, of course, at an open mic night uh, where we were both performing. Um, I was pretty smitten right away because Cute. <laughs> I was pretty indifferent to all of the acts that night. As soon as uh, Sally came on stage, I had the hands under my chin going... Hard eyes, like boom, mm. right out of your head. Exactly. So I went up the courage. I introduced myself and she had a friend there that night, Russell, who's a musician and a well-published Queensland poet. Um, we got to talking. Uh, then she invited me to a party at her place, which also musical, mm-hmm. which was a, a Disney karaoke evening. Sounds like fun. Yep. I feel like my skill set would be uniquely... What would you sing? Your first up. Um, your first oh, song. I won't say I'm in love. Hercules. There you go. She's got an answer. <laughs> ready with an answer. It's yeah. very on brand too, <laughs> might I say. It was unique that it was a lot of musicians and musical people, but there were no backing tracks that so we were all playing. And, and the only Disney Disney song that I knew how to play properly uh, on the banjo Lely was... Um, what was it? Um... Oh, Bare Necessities. Oh, so everyone, yeah. Everyone loves that one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yes. Crowd pleaser. Yeah, so um, got talking and we had a first proper date, uh, which was at an, a different open mic night, watching our friend Russell play. Nice. Um, and then a second date, which was at a big event at Queensland Library in South Bank, um, and two of her friends were performing there as well. So music was very... Mm recurring theme in our relationship so naturally we began talking about collaborating we began talking about doing duets together um there's something really romantic about that too though i think like if you find a good song and then the the, i don't know if anybody else who's like not and i wouldn't classify myself as a singer but i consider myself musical Mm -hmm. and there's something really nice about when you're singing with someone and your voices just blend really yeah i suppose that's the magic of music let alone relationships that's the whole reason musicals exist is so that people can sing in each other's faces and have their voices (laughs) blend well right Mm, absolutely yeah so Uh, you're talking about duets and what you could do together yeah it started um looking at and i believe there were mostly songs that i suggested i think one in particular was um we are going to be friends by the white stripes who were also a couple who Mm. made music together Uh then broke up and continued making music together interesting um so yeah that that song is quite a quite a sweet song not necessarily romantic but definitely wholesome Mm. if anyone who's listening knows the song they'll know exactly what i mean um and yeah so i've we sort of met, I think, August, and by December we were official. We were a couple, thing. couple. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and when we when we was just sort of dating, um, I, you know, was very patient, I suppose, mm-hmm. with um, her little foibles and quirks and stuff, as as you do when you're mm-hmm. dating. Um, but there, as soon as, once we sort of got more comfortable with each other and felt more comfortable opening up, mm-hmm. which is good. But we also learned that the way that we learn songs, well, the, the way that we learn almost everything really, um, was quite different from right. one another. Um, and to sort of give a bit of perspective, I have. Uh, a friend, Frederick, who is who I've worked with in a band for a long time, and we've written songs together. Mm-hmm. Um, 
never was anything romantic there, mm-hmm. but we're very, we're very close friends, very good friends. Yeah. And we compliment each other um, and can sort of bounce back and forth. Um, so it's a very, it's a very healthy relationship. But what I found working with Sally was that I, I'm used to, if we're taking an already existing song, I'm used to playing it through first mm-hmm. and just sort of enjoying it for the love of playing Yeah, in that environment. But, and then sort of saying, okay, well, this bit could use a little bit of tidying up. We could work on our harmonies mm-hmm. in this particular bit mm-hmm. and just sort of looking at it as a whole. Whereas Sally had very clear ideas as to how she wanted it to go. And it was, no, no, we got to work on that immediately. So it was stop, start, stop, start. Right. Which was, um, yeah, a little bit frustrating the first. If you've got a particular creative process, it can be difficult when somebody else comes into your creative sphere and has very um, particular ideas, exactly, Tom, about how they want to do things. And uh, particularly if you already have a chemistry, a working chemistry with another partner, you you said with your friend, you've got this chemistry that works for you and a rhythm and a routine and then someone else is at the beginning inflexible to or or to, it works yeah. totally different to you yeah. i i can i can relate to both because i in some depending on if i've sort of got a basic idea i'll do what you do like i'm not in music but in my writing i call it noodling where i just kind of write it all down and then tweak um when i go back and have a look at things whereas there are some things where i've got such a good idea of where i want it to go that i 100 percent will not put pen to paper until it's perfect in my head Mm, so Which there's, will there's, drive people. So there's nuts. probably merits in there's merits in both ideas. It's just where and you, there's ways that both ideas will drive other it's just people where you nuts. Colli- where you mm. collide in the middle, like you seem to at the at the beginning. Yeah, and I don't think her approach was wrong no. necessarily because it obviously it worked for her. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And you can't really say anyone's creative process is wrong. Mm, exactly. It's just difficult if that's not what you used to. So would to. you would you claim that uh, frustration came from inflexibility on her part and and you in the work in the way in the way it worked? Or honestly, I, I think so. Mm. Yeah, because we were, as I say, we were in the sort of throes of the relationship by mm-hmm. this point, and so I think we were more comfortable asserting ourselves and setting boundaries mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, I think. That, and that's not to say that it didn't work because uh, it did work for quite a while. We had quite a few songs that we duetted on and Good. did special performances. Uh, and yeah, it. but um, yeah, I, it was always something that I sort of, it was becoming a chore, not something that I was looking forward to. So, oh, I can't wait to get in with Sally. And, to make beautiful music together. Exactly. <laughs> it was becoming becoming less romantic and it was feeling more like work. So can I ask, when you butt heads over a particular song or collaboration, how does that energy then flow into your relationship mm. once you go back to everyday life? Honestly, for the most part, we were sort of able to leave it in the room okay um that's mostly healthy yeah <laughs> for the res- most part yeah respectively but res- because we kind of both acknowledged that we had different approaches mm-hmm. and so both of us were making compromises to meet each other halfway right um and as i say it sometimes it worked quite well uh because yeah we had some cool performances like we did gigs together and such um but yeah, it was 
com- it was just kind of growing yeah the feeling like work as I say another twist which happened there because that when I first met her Sally was a ukulele player Mm -hmm. and uniquely she is left-handed but she was playing the uke right-handed playing right-handed yep which is why I didn't know that she was left-handed until we were dating for about eight weeks oh right (laughs) that's pretty talented I can't Mm. I'm left-handed and I can't do shit with my right hand like (laughs) it just is like just hanging there it doesn't do anything yeah the reason that you Strum with your dominant hand is because you have more rhythm control right. on that hand, um, and that so her rhythm tended to be this kind of one strumming pattern that she could do with the with the non dominant hand. Mm. Um, but eventually, unfortunately, she got RSI in oh, that, I hate that wrist. Yeah, um, so she decided to put the ukulele down, and she expressed to me frequently mm-hmm. that she wanted to pick up the guitar okay. and learn it left-handed to uh-huh. sort of counteract that a bit. And so, being the boyfriend that I was, <laughs> I had an old classical guitar of mine, which I was not really using and was a good instrument to learn on. So I gifted that to her. Oh. I think it was a Christmas present. doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had it converted and set up to a lefty because I'm right-handed. And further than that, I also offered to give her lessons. That's okay. So it's quite sweet. Here's a guitar. I'm going to teach you. Here's I've got, I've yeah. got a restrung to. So it's quite a quite I feel a nice like there's gesture. There's a butt coming. There is a there is a large butt coming. There's a large butt. But um, in hindsight, what I didn't realize at the time was that first of all, that in offering a like a, a teaching scenario mm-hmm. that I was sort of creating this kind of imbalance in that scenario that yes I'm the teacher and I know what's best mm-hmm. and you really you really have to listen to me in order to get the best out of this um but I think greater than that in even if I hadn't done that just giving the guitar in the first place I think was a bit a bit too much in a way because I was sort of in a way, I was putting this expectation upon her that she would be using it and would be learning uh, because she hadn't bought one herself yet, even though she'd been saying this for a long time. So, And I feel that, uh, yeah, look, I once mentioned to my parents that I thought bass was a really cool instrument and so they bought me a bass guitar and then I just felt the crushing guilt of the fact that I now had to learn an activity, even though... I had said it would be really fun because it would have been, but also I had no time or <laughs> will to play. <laughs> oh, the bass guitar is such a wonderful. Uh, coming back to the defense of the bass guitar oh, as, a, as a bassist I'm myself. I'm a big fan of. I'm a big fan of bass guitars. I'm a big mm. fan of all. I'm a big fan of music. Let's. I mean, if you ever want to be ignored by every fan in the cra- in the audience, uh, play, play the bass guitar because they're not. Excuse me, you're talking to someone who dated a bass guitar. Yeah, except to the to the rule. So. Uh, did you t- did did lessons uh, accrue? Did you end up teaching her? Did that happen, or did did something interfere? Did you have to push her into lessons. Yeah, well, we did. Uh, I did a little bit. Yes, right. so uh, we did organise times, and I, I, at the time, I was also giving lessons to um, other people. So mm-hmm. you know, I thought I had experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, teaching someone who you don't know from a bar of soap and is just replied to your Facebook ad mm. is very different to 
teaching someone or imparting knowledge onto someone who you consider to be a romantic partner you then to consider to be an equal yes and who is uh, yeah so this is why they say don't date when there's a power imbalance friends yes <laughs> but yeah these these guitar lessons is the is the power imbalance because you start a relationship equals you start working on material together as equals collaborating so that so that all stays the same but then a guitar lesson things up so that's the that's a dynamic and i do know people where it has worked where they you know i know a couple of a couple of couples where you know like one of them is a let's say a singing teacher and then another person will take lessons mm. from them mm. but they learn in a similar way they've decided that this person is the person that they want to teach them not because it's been said yes. i will teach you it's it's been chosen and there's a like once that studio door is closed they are in a teacher student relationship and you cannot let anything mm, come yep. into that room that's not that mm. um so i imagine that's not what happened <laughs> honestly i from what i remember this was a little while ago but mm. from what i remember i feel like i was not willing to sort of push as much or like or try to drive her too hard mm. uh in comparison to what i might do to some of the other people that i mm -hmm. was teaching um and yeah i think that only just made the situation worse because it, it was hard to know what the experience was like for her from my mm -hmm. perspective but yeah. i yeah if if it's going in half measured then why am I even there? She'd be better off to learning from somebody else mm. who, and again, as I said, we learn in different ways. She and I did. Mm. So, yeah, it was um, a bit, yeah, got a bit uncomfortable. The lessons didn't last. Um, she also sort of wanted to better her singing. So that's kind of where her focus went. Right. And she got, she got singing lessons from elsewhere. Mm. Um, and I, I had vocal lessons myself, but I, knew that you know she she was a soprano i'm a bass Not. baritone I'm a, <laughs> yes i'm a bass baritone so yeah i knew that she would be better off for someone who actually understood that mm. so yeah and so she was also in a choir um she gathered an appreciation for and it was beautiful to watch unfold an appreciation for classical styles mm -hmm. mm. and uh, operatic styles and such um but the thing with those particular avenues of music is that they are incredibly precise mm. there's not a lot of wiggle room it's mm -hmm. disciplined and you have to be good and you have to and you, you mm. have to there's a an application and a yeah a level they're quite quite high yeah. and mm. and for sally that suited her just fine mm. because it suited the way that she learned and the way that she processed and the way good. that she understood music um but for me i'm more in the blues jazz rock and roll type of field where it's less less precise more about expression and about uh spontaneity mm -hmm. creativity in the moment energy yeah combustion mm, mm -hmm. very good yeah and you don't you don't always have to be in tune as, as yeah. a blues singer um and you you make make a mistake in a solo you do something that makes it not look like a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of, we our paths were sort of diverging a bit. And it all sort of came to a point where it was more apparent to me than anything else. Um, 
because she had done shows in this choir that I at QPAC and such, and I had gone and seen her, and I thought it was magnificent. I mean, I couldn't really see her from where I was sitting. Yeah. She was about a pinprick, a yeah. pinprick from <laughs> sitting up in the gods. Exactly. Yes. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was quite different to the more intimate venues that I'm used to. But anyway, um, so this one particular year, uh, 2019, it was. Uh, I used to play music. Uh, around about once a month for this organisation called the Queensland Pioneer Steam Railway. Okay. Which is out at Ipswich slash Swanbank. Um, if you love uh, vintage locomotives and old railways, then, uh, yeah, this is a bit of a shout-out for you. Um, <laughs> lots of uh, lots of people on the spectrum love that, which I am. So... <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I used to play music, bus, play music on the platform, um, and the whole thing is run by volunteers. I thought it was fine that I never got paid because I just considered myself another volunteer. Of course. Um, so yeah, one particular year, I was organised to be playing there, and it happened to fall on my actual birthday. Right. And so uh, the the fellow who ran it, he he gave a special gift. He said, oh, "I'll give you a, a cab ride in the locomotive." Steam locomotive, which the fi- my inner five year old yep. was yeah. losing Huge. his mind. I mean, shit, I don't even really love steam locomotives, yeah. and even I'd be going like, heck yeah! If the, if the whistle goes, I'm losing my mind. That's <laughs> what I'd be saying. I did get to blow the whistle, oh, yes. which was lucky uh, sob. Which was yeah, that's uh, crossed off the bucket list. So it was, anyway, yeah. So to make it extra extra special, I invited a bunch of friends, and we would have a full band jam essentially on on the platform mm-hmm. um, in the style of... And I was inspired by this particular uh, blues, gospel, rock and roll singer called Sister Rosetta Tharp. If you don't know who she is, uh, she is the woman who basically gave us rock and roll. Uh, oh, big be- call. Before Chuck <laughs> Berry, before Elvis Presley, before Little Richard, she inspired all those guys. But there's some great footage of her, and it's on YouTube now, um, playing on a, a station platform in 1963 uh, in the United Kingdom in Manchester. It was a special tour of the United Kingdom with a bunch of blue superstars, Muddy Waters. You can Waters send me that. the link to that. I will mm. put it in the show I notes. I certainly shall. Yep. I will spread, I'll spread the good word of yeah, Sister Rosetta Tharp. Um, but, yeah, she, was, uh, she played the electric guitar like nobody else of the time, and she was very influential. Um, and so, I, in fact, I actually own... One of the guitars that's well, not the exact one, but the yeah, same model nice. <laughs> that she played, and I wanted to sort of evoke that kind of spirit. Yeah. Um. See, so, yeah, so naturally, we played a couple of her songs, and mm-hmm. they're like blues and gospel songs. So, um, didn't it rain? Uh, yeah. And so we got there, and like, Sally had agreed to be the singer because I can't sing like. Sister Rosetta. Yeah. I might I might play guitar, but I can't sing like her. So she was the vocalist, essentially. Uh-huh. And so got there. My plan was to sort of get off, get out of the cab once my ride was finished and just sort of stroll up the platform with her on my arm while the band was playing. And then we'd I'd pick up the guitar and we'd just sort of get into it and she'd, as she got on the mic. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it was all so cool in my head. Mm-hmm. And we did rehearse and everything, Um Rehearsal actually went not too bad. Um, yeah, again, considering those compromises that we were mm-hmm. making for each other. Um, and she learned the songs, learned the lyrics and everything. Um, 
but yeah on the actual day we everything went through i picked up my guitar we all started playing the my friends in the band were all playing she's on the mic and she sings the song very very classically styled right i know it's a bit hard to imagine but as i say in blues and jazz there's a lot of like improvisation Way. Mm. um but yeah that was not her that was not her style um she was singing the notes and not much more okay um and so, like singing them perfectly straight um yeah and yeah that and was this what happened in rehearsal as well or was she different in rehearsal than performance I was, I'll admit, I was probably less focused on it in rehearsal, but right. that was sort of the, the actual performance was like sort of the light bulb moment for me right. or the, um, the, the wall being pulled from my eyes. Um, yeah. And I just sort of had that realization that she's not, I can't force her into this round peg into this square hole. That is what I love about music any more than she could do the same to me. Right. And so uh, it was after that. Uh, by all means, like, uh, again, I wouldn't call her a bad singer because she's not. Um, she's a very good singer, just not the singer that I had expect. Uh, like, I would have, I'm uh, not hoped for, but just that the singer that was my style. That's the thing, yeah. though. Like, you can be good at, different things but just because like I'm good at writing doesn't mean that I could turn up and write a sci-fi novel absolutely mm. not like <laughs> I can enjoy them but I can't that's not my skill set my skill set is you know I don't know romance and comedy mm. Shane look at, looking <laughs> casting your, your your mind back how was what was the really the relationship like outside of any uh, creative handshaking outside of any working together in, a, in on anything uh, I I might have <laughs> I might have actually led with that probably but um, the but yeah honestly the relationship uh, I should preface that I had before I met Sally I had another long term relationship which was incredibly toxic incredibly dysfunctional right um, yeah incredibly jealous person who I was with and so many issues I which I won't go into now mm. but uh, by comparison Sally was you know, a functioning adult. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, yeah. Wonderful. We, yeah, Tick. Yeah, we were... Uh, our communication was honestly as much as I could wish for. We had... If we had any problems, then we could always... You would always come to each other and talk about them and resolve them like adults because we didn't always agree on everything. No, no. Um, but, yeah, honestly, the way that we could approach these things was... Um, yeah, very satisfying for me because yeah, I felt like I could trust her with that. Good. So, so it's a good. So that there's a good relationship over here, but then when you start to work together over here, then then it's less then it's less certain. So mm. it's not coming from a bad relationship and then going into a, a work room together and bad things continuing. That's that's what I'm trying to highlight. Yeah. So at the end of this train platform performance mm. on your birthday, mm. did you put the kibosh on? Collaborating, or did you continue? Essentially, I did, and from what I remember, I think I did actually bring it up with her and say, "Yeah, I think that we're sort of on on different paths musically," um, and I was still willing to 
uh, to be like a backing musician for if she ever needed it, mm-hmm. um, be a guitar player. But I didn't feel like we were creatively um, compatible. Matched, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I and uh, for a while, honestly, that wasn't such a bad thing because I was worrying less about whether I could support her by being a good musician and instead supporting her just by being a good partner. Great. Mm, yeah. Good. So that, and I, th- I think that was kind of the, the best place that that could have led. Yeah. Um, and I, th- and the relationship, uh, fell apart for, um, <laughs> for different reasons other than that. But, um, I wouldn't say that making that decision or the fact that we weren't like actively creatively collaborating, I wouldn't say that that was part of the cause of the relationship breakdown. Yeah. That was definitely like real life factors. Yeah. Well, good. look, as you said, it, it gave you the space to be able to focus on the relationship rather than letting something else kind of creep in and undermine that when mm. you're, when you're not collaborating. Um, so throughout this, um, what would you say was one of the biggest lessons that you have learnt in collaborating with somebody that you are romantically involved yeah, with? Yeah, and tacking on to a lessons learned, any advice for anyone out there who's in a relationship and hasn't collaborated on a creative project or a business or something, but is thinking of it, maybe they're talking about it. What would you say? What do you say to those people who are yet to do it but want to? I would say that the the, the lessons I learned and that I will be carrying forward into any potential partnership that I go into in the future would be that you sort of have to take look at the person uh, look at the person as they are and appreciate them for the things that they bring to the table yeah um, rather than trying to imprint what you would like them to be yeah um, and it's a uh, Honestly, it's a bit of a slippery slope because, yeah, as I said, I was the one who was suggesting songs in the beginning. So, they, of course, they were songs that suited me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they more or less suited her as well. But... But it's the more or less that I'm hearing. Yeah. <laughs> it's always the more or less. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, but I... Yeah, essentially that, yeah, I found... Yeah, what I was doing was... I as I said, trying to take this square peg and put her into a round hole. And the only way that you get a square peg into a round hole is by shaving it mm. down until which, it fits. Yeah, which is not healthy at all. Mm. I think one of the lessons that I learned from listening to this story is basically that I guess musical collaboration can be very similar to just like any collaboration in Mm. life, whether it be friendship, whether it be a relationship. You can draw a lot of parallels between if your style of learning in life it doesn't have to be music is slightly different from someone else's style of learning you've got to compromise and find a way that you can both learn or make the decision that you are oil and water and need to not do that activity together or you will kill each other (laughs) absolutely i'm I'm just trying to piece together so you are you uh, everybody at home you're in a relationship with one other person and uh, you've been going for a year, a couple of years, and then you agree to work on a project together, a creative project. What do you do? Do you then, do before you start for that day's work, do you say, all right, we're going into work, pl- 
workplace mode and we're going to be workplace people now and with the you have and, to and I so is it is it, so it is a conversation like that before you before you start before every practice every time you get together i don't, I don't know i'm trying to I, figure that out i and i talk about this on the TV show SBS's yes, Insight. Yes, yes. Um, I worked in the same team as somebody that I dated yeah. at my actual paid job. So not a creative collaboration, but you know, like a, a big, a big girl, big boy job. Mm-hmm. Um, and we definitely had to put a kibosh. I keep saying kibosh. Why am I obsessed with it's that this episode? The, the we had to put the cap on any kind of um, relationship issues because at one point when we moved to another city and started working together, he was my shift supervisor for a couple of shifts. Yeah, right. So I had to go from being equals with this person to taking advice and taking direction and we had to we're like no holding hands no kissing no like anything in the break room um not just because it would make everyone else vomit but because (laughs) you know like this was not the place and then there was one time and I still remember this so vividly and it pissed me off is that I was working and he came in and he goes look at my girl sitting there working away And I was like, you have just undermined any authority that I have. He's like, I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm your little girl working away like a little Miss Secretary in the 1960s. It infuriated me. Rightfully so. What a blunder. I love the fact that you both went, no. I just (laughs) feel really vindicated by that. (laughs) We were both sucking through our teeth. We both did the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. And he actually thought that he'd paid me a really large compliment. Like, look at my girl. I'm like, no, I'm. Working, <laughs> swing and a miss there. So, uh, uh, so unfortunately, these creative types, you know, who don't want rules, man. They just want to. <laughs> they just want to vibe and 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 do creative things, man. No, you actually need some rules and some structure and some Set and some boundaries. Some, and some at boundaries. the start, be you like, just... if this stops being fun, let's tell each other that this has stopped being fun. Mm, you know, right. if. If you learn one way and I learn another way, you know, maybe we can go off and write our own things and then if we want, you know, if if say, you know, I was Sally and I'm like if I want a little bit more less rigidity, I'll come to you and be like how do I make this feel less structured or she could you could yeah. go to her and go how do I make this fit into a mold a little bit more maybe start and that this. way you can help each other without controlling each other I yeah, don't know start your collaboration small maybe edit yeah. this can you edit this yeah. can you give this a proof figure out yeah. if you can cook something in the kitchen together before you start collaborating yes. on anything that matters put together <laughs> some Ikea furniture and then oh, worry God. about it oh, no worry about. that's wars have been fought over less Tom nope nope that's my uh, it's a date uh, a date room like an escape room idea yeah. I got yeah. <laughs> like you except go with to... Ikea you could never escape so you before just you... go around <laughs> in circles before you get ma- before you marry someone right yeah. you go to this my escape my date escape room Right. And they go, all right, you two are going to put uh, connect this uh, internet modem together. <laughs> oh, no. And, oh, no. And, or, your, or, or here's a big flat pack. You two have to, you got an hour, you got to, and you, the door gets unlocked when you're done. And oh, is this a thing that exists or is this no, your this idea? Is my, this Tom's is my fantasy, <laughs> what you should have to do before you get married. No, no, this is a business idea. You want to test, <laughs> that's you a million dollar idea. Copyright, everybody. Test your resolve and your, your relationship. Yeah. Come on in. Yeah. We got, a, yeah. we got a, a children's swing set to put together. Well, or let your partner dress you for the night oh oh, oh, oh man wow, now we're talking <laughs> all right we're meeting up okay. after the show look thank you so much mm. i think i've it's been really valuable to kind of hear 
the, I guess, delineations between relationship life and collaboration mm. life and how you can sometimes step back from, even if you've got the same passion as somebody, you need to step back from that to be the better partner. Mm. Um, Shane, mm. would you like to plug your music for us I, again, please? I would. Uh, just, to, just to sort of wrap everything oh, up. Oh, yeah, la- let's the, do that The then. last thing that I would like to say um, and the thing I took away from is that you can be great partners together um, and have a very healthy relationship, but at the same time, not be creatively uh, in tune. Into, yes. Shall we say? Um, and honestly, that's fine. Yeah. And uh, but and the, the vice versa, you can be creative together or work colleagues or good friends, or you might work together well, but you that might not carry through to a relationship. So I think it's kind of interesting that just because you're both interested in the same thing, you have to, you feel like you have to, what am I trying to say here? Yeah. If, yeah. Like, so say like I like one type of movie and my partner likes another, we don't try and force each other to like the same thing. Yeah, but when right. you like the same thing already, you just assume that they have to like it in the same manner that you do. And that's not always the case. Mm. That's sort of what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? No, am absolutely. I making sense? I think there's a strong, temptation to to work with the person that yeah, you're romantic with. Like we do with. the so, same thing. Yes, why why should we not do it together? We're Let's ter- make money and be rich and be famous. <laughs> you like, and I are wonderful and terrific here. Why can't we be wonderful and terrific in there? Well, maybe there's a Because you know what? Reason. Work sucks yes. and I would like to have a life outside of work <laughs> and right. not have to bring my fun life into my boo life. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. <laughs> All right, Shane, yes. tell us a little bit more yes. about your music and where we can find you. So yes, uh, my band is called Shakespeare and the Skeleton Gang. So that's S-H-A-K-E-S space F-E-A-R. I have to spell it that way because it is a pun on Shakespeare. That's uh, okay. We'll put it in the show notes so yep. that if you didn't catch that spelling or you didn't pull your car over to write it down, it will be in the show notes for you. Beauty. Um, yeah, so we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. Um, we're regularly playing shows. As a matter of fact, um, I, I just had a good one last night at Banshee's Bar. Um we're cut, we have an album out on all good streaming services as well as Spotify. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, that album fired. That album is called uh, "Find Me a Grave, Man." <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, and so we're, we're a horror blues quintet, which basically means we're uh, a blues rock and roll band with very theatrical performances and. Uh, Bright on horror and science fiction themes. Yeah, if you like, fucking if, sick. If you like <laughs> Tom Waits or Screaming Jay Hawkins, Nick Cave, C.W. Stone King, then this might be for you. Amazing. If it's not, please listen anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just, just if it's not for you, just turn the volume down and just keep it playing on repeat in Spotify or any other services that pay more than Spotify. Oh yes. yeah. Uh, speaking of listening to, thank you for tuning in once again to Ghost of Boyfriends Past. Each and every one of you, it really means a lot to us and. Your task for the next couple of weeks is to write in your stories. We want them. We need you. Send yep. them to ghostsofboyfriendspast at gmail.com. Or hit us up on any of our socials because basically you guys are what makes this podcast happen. We've had four and a half years of wonderful people writing in, telling their stories, being brave and, and you know, it's not that hard, is it, Shane? No, no, not no. at all. We're delightful, right? Mm, we say with the gun to his yeah, head. No, Shut up, Shane. <laughs> if you can't get to our sunny corner of the world, we can read your story out. If it's if it's ten pages wrong, wrong, we'll put a long. We'll, we'll make put it a, right. We'll put it right. 
<laughs> and put your put our our uh, terrible speaking voices as evident today to your words. Yeah, or we can Skype you in at a really inconvenient time for our producer, but he'll do it because he loves us anyway. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so everybody. Share the podcast with a friend. Share the podcast with an enemy. Yeah. They might learn something and they might become your friend. Who knows? They're not my enemy. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what you want. Uh, but in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. And just remember that if you're collaborating with someone and they're not learning the same way that you do, then maybe you're just not meant to make beautiful music together. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There are known knowns, known unknowns, and unknown unknowns. But there are also unknown knowns. The ancient and esoteric order of the Jackalope is a secret society devoted to unearthing and sharing this forgotten knowledge. Each episode, we take one of these strange stories and share it with you. No topic is off limits, except for the obvious. Available wherever fine podcasts are sold.